Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Speech Shake. I am Sam. And I'm Matt. And this is episode six. And today we are talking about Terminator Resistance, WWE 2K20, and collectibles. What makes them good and what makes them bad. But, before we talk about any of that, I need to swallow. And Sam, what have you been playing? Uh, I will tell you what I've been playing if you can click onto the Word document that we've oh, got open that says okay. what I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. There we go. Uh, the main thing I've been playing, Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. Um, bit late to the party, I know, but I thoroughly enjoyed the first game. It's a Rockstar game, so it's always it always delivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I first started playing it, when it first came out, or more or less when it first came out, uh, I just felt very overwhelmed by the amount of stuff, in like the amount of activities it, it opened up to me immediately. There's a lot to do in that game, from what I've seen. There's a, like yeah. your beard grows in real time, right? That's a that's a level of detail we're talking about. Yeah, I spent half an hour yesterday cooking in the game, okay. like just just making animal meat into better meat. That's longer than I spend in like, my actual life. Like actually cooking. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the detail you can get down to. But yeah, when I first started playing it, I was a bit overwhelmed. Came back to it, did a bit more of the story, just kind of played the game a bit more naturally. Okay. As I think we've said before, I like to do a lot of the, the tertiary, secondary stuff, mm-hmm. all the side stuff first. You're an achievement hunter, aren't you, right? So. I am indeed. Um, so that's, I guess, a, a byproduct of being that, that way inclined. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Um, progressed, I'm, I think I'm in chapter four, I want to say. which they, they actually kind of split up into chapters this time as opposed to just having mission after mission. They actually segment it into you have now moved on to chapter two. Okay. So, and you can't return to previous chapters. Is it like no, there's, spatial? There's an end game that I'm not gonna spoil it, but it changes. If you play Red, Dem- Red Dead Redemption One, you can probably guess what's gonna happen. In Red Is Dead it Redemption in a 2. similar ilk? Yeah, it f- it sets the end game up in that in that way that it does in the first one. So. Okay. And knowing Rockstar now, so when it happened in Red Dead Redemption One, I was like, wow. It was it was a very poignant moment in my gaming career. But it wasn't common for them to do that to main characters, right? It wasn't. No, it was quite a surprise. Yeah, yeah, especially at the end of the game where you're expecting your greatest victory for you to yeah. just get gunned down. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't played Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, if, Red, if, oh, you, sorry, if you haven't played a game from what 2013. Yeah, it's yeah, old now. Or 2010, like, whatever the hell it came out. You, yeah, get on that. But yeah, I'm playing that. Getting get into it. Um, we recommend it to everybody. It's probably one of the best games available for a next-gen console or that's, that's been made. A, when you say best, do you mean highest production values or do you mean best? Uh, it's. I would say it's probably the best open-world game. Really? In terms of the attention to detail to it, yeah. Mm, okay. So anyone else come at me. But, that's bold. Yeah, that's a bold statement. But I can do that on podcast because no one can reply. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends where this ends up, mate. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have we done? Oh, um, starting wars. We played Smash Doubles. Over, did, ho- yeah, over the holiday period, it was fun. It was mental. It was fun. There, yep. Yeah, I don't know how anybody in competitive Smash play. I know it's different because they're f- well, not friendly fire, but you can hit your teammate. Team attacks on. Yeah. In, uh, in competitive, but it's not on uh, casual. So yeah, it's odd that you can only do it on the same console, as we found out again. Yeah, last I night. like you have an online service. Make make its functions better. Like what people want to play together, and they especially want to play doubles against. Yeah. Friends, well, like, you can do 
you can set up a team battle arena, but you can't quick play. Yeah, you yeah. can't you can't like lobby for online. Yeah, online if that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was fun. I had fun with that. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was, it's a great way to enjoy the game without taking it too seriously. So if you do want to get into Smash in some form, doubles is at least a fun place to start. <coughs> but yeah, it's d- doubles is good. Yeah, so it's less intense than the one-on-one elite smash <coughs> stuff, and yeah, yeah, it's just it's just more enjoyable, a bit more casual, but without not like item like some of the games we had last night, where it was just oh, items and two hundred percent hazard and item stuff. spawn stage hazard. Oh, the on. game, yeah, where it was like one hit KO. That was just oh, like yeah, seven lives, seven stock, one hit KO. It was like four hundred percent knockback or something, right? Something like that, yeah. Now I could kill you with a dash attack from Mac, which is insane. Yeah, usually it's at least a tilt from Mac. Yeah, but the Mac tilt's great. Yeah. I uh, also played Halo Reach. Oh. Uh, I can't remember if we did it before or after, but I've got Halo Reach now as part of the MCC. No, uh, you, you mentioned this before, yeah. I did. Well, I've been playing it more thoroughly. Uh, there is an achievement to finish all missions legendary. Oh. Three hours. Not easy. I'm down to three hours and 20 minutes. So I need to shave off 20 minutes over the 10 missions available. Oh, my God. But... To do it, I need to. I basically need a co-op partner because Halo's checkpoint system is really weird in that it saves you when you're safe, kind of. Oh, okay. All and right. like, there's yeah. some sp- like so there's some like doorways, I guess, that are known checkpoint places, so you can like backtrack, cross that trigger, I guess, and give yourself a checkpoint. But okay. sometimes you can't. It's a bit weird. And okay. I got I got saved. There's a like a dogfighting bit in a mission. And you can get a death animation where you like spiral for a bit. You're still like in game, but then you crash and die. Okay, yeah. And I got a checkpoint as I was shot and died, so I got saved into a black hole. Oh, so that was annoying. That so you would you would load back in and, and I'd immediately die. Yeah. So that that's was, flawed. Jeez. Yeah. So I get in in a game like Halo where they try and give like procedurally generated checkpoints. It it can be difficult, but I was being shot, so the game should know. Yeah. It's, a, it's sometimes triggered by ejectors, but at the same time, I didn't do anything in that space. But regardless, still a good game. And it's it's made me play Halo a lot more because I forgot how good a game it was. Okay. Uh, and Goose Game. Goose Game went onto Game Pass. Uh, I kind of maybe fobbed off a little bit initially, and I was a bit like, oh, this is going to be a run-of-the-mill puzzle game that's kind of all about the style and the, it's got a bit of humor to it, so it, it kind of coast spy on that almost yeah but it was really good it was a lot better than i was ready to give it credit for i've heard it's not just um it isn't just a comedy game you know it has, no it's it has like like a, serious gameplay it's, in it's it. a genuine puzzle game yeah and yeah, there's yeah. you can do i like that you've got so you, for anyone that hasn't played it you have a to-do list in each area and you yeah. have to fulfill that to-do list to move on to the next area but generally from from my experience of playing it you have to find out which one on the to-do you can do first to like affect the pathing of the human in that area. Okay. So it's like, to get in the garden for the first area, you have to turn on the sprinkler, which makes the guy run out. Okay. So that's the first thing you have to do. That's And then you can make him run in, and you, one of the things is to get the groundskeeper wet and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's, there's usually a first thing you can do, and it's finding out which one of those things you can do first that then leads... Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's cool. Like a different kind of puzzle, right? That's yeah. So it's like leading which one is these is the catalyst to making the others happen. Yeah. But sometimes they're a little bit. There's a couple of sections where it was a little bit obtuse where I didn't quite 
get it and I had to look up how to how to do it. Okay. So maybe that was just me. Um, I'm not the most lateral thinking person. But I've not um I've not played it. Uh, so I can't really comment, but I've, yeah, I would recommend it if you can get it for a tenner. I'd, I'd recommend it. Even I think it's pretty cheap on Steam. Like I'd go, I would go for it. Yeah, the humour is there. I think it comes from not having voices as well. I like that. As much as we talked about silent protagonists, oh yeah, silent protagonists in a game where people are talking, no, for me. Yeah, but in a game where you convey, it, so people talk with speech bubbles, and it yeah. has like, yeah, yeah, I know a phone or a ball, whatever, the, the item that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of manipulate that a bit by just picking up something else and just being like, oh my God, you picked up the ball. So I'm not, I completely forgot about the item in my hand. So it's a bit, you can okay. kind of manipulate that way. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Okay. What have you been playing, Matthew? What have I been playing? Um, I have been playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. Lately. Oh, you have, yeah. I sunk about 15 hours into it so far. Just to clear up for me chronologically, Tomb Raider, new Tomb Raider. Yeah. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider and then Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Or Shadow and then Rise? I uh, assume Rise, just by the name. Rise, Tomb Raider, Shadow. Okay. I believe that's how it goes. Don't quote me on that. I'm not... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm Shadow a- is after the last Tomb Raider yeah. game. And this is a prequel to... Oh, I see. Okay. I but, think that's the way it goes. And chronologically, uh, chronologically, release-wise, it was... Release-wise, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider Rise, Shadow. Okay. So I'm playing the second released, but the first chronologically. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> Necessary. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> um, it's all right. It's competent, open world, survival, crafting, uh, third person shooter with cover mechanics and stealth. Um, super, super generic. But that's not like a bad thing, I guess. It's just a really highly polished, well-produced open world game that we've seen a ton of times before you know it's just it's just assassin's creed it's just far cry it's just it's just that game again yeah but it's quite good but like, i said to you my comparison was uncharted meets banjo kazooie that's the best way i could describe it because your little areas are small like open world pockets and in those you have a ton of things to collect and do and you have a map that just shows you where they are and you just go around and do them like that's i just that's just taking cool off the list yeah, yeah. yeah, just taking off a list. Um, I mean, there's a story, really basic story. It's nothing new. It's not really that gripping. I've skipped past... Well, I'll tell you what. I've watched the cutscenes, but I've not listened to any of them because they are completely boring. There's, there's nothing going on. Are I don't really any... like Lara. I don't, you know, I don't really... It's, it's cool to have a, a strong female protagonist. Like, that's cool. And that isn't... That isn't like a core part of the story or the game. That's just her character, which is isn't, not doubly nice. Isn't that meant to be more of a part of it that... It's more about how she became the Tomb Raider rather yeah, it, than it's like a, a growth origin type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it revolves around that. She's kind like of stuff. vulnerable in the start, and then she becomes. She's not. She's not necessarily badass Laura that she is in yeah. the OG Tomb Raider one and two three. She starts off more vulnerable than she is, but still incredibly competent and able to survive a supernatural amount of ass kicking. <laughs> how old is she in this? Uh, roughly. Like early 20s? Early, yeah, it's early 20s, yeah. mid 20s. But she gets her ass kicked all the time. She's fallen off cliffs left, right, and I, I have a question, and uh, not to try and divide the audiences in any way, but oh, go on. is she primarily beating up men? Primarily beating up men? Uh, there's a mix. Okay, fair. Good. There's a mix, yeah. yeah. Well done. It's not that kind of game. They're not trying yeah. to send a message. It's just <clears throat> Lara Good. is the character. You know, the character of Lara Croft is a woman 
And that doesn't even come in. It didn't even factor to me until, I don't know what point in the game, actually. I was like, oh, you know, she's actually like a strong, competent lead character. And I'm saying she, like so many male-dominated mm. games. It's nice to have a nice to have a female protagonist, in my opinion. Uh, I've also been playing Darksiders 2, which is also a generic open-world action RPG. Oh, yeah, there's a sk- there's like a skill tree in um, Tomb Raider, but everything has a skill tree, so it means literally nothing for me to say that. They're just all the same. Um, Are they just uh, number increases? I mean, it does change. It's like, kill people quicker with your stealth attack. Uh, loot their bodies immediately with a stealth attack, which is lifted directly from Far Cry. Yeah, there's, yeah the quick kill... Uh... Immediately loot, yeah. yeah. The only thing I think is cool, that was cool about the skill tree, is in the very start when you perform uh, stealth finishes, she chokes them out with her bow, and if you perform a falling stealth finisher, she kind of like half drop kicks them, and then you have to press the finisher button again to like hit them with a rock to kill them. Okay. And then when you get the improved finisher, uh, instead she gets out her climbing axe. And like jams into the back of their head, and when she falls on them, she like puts both the climbing axes into them. So it like it shows like a development. It isn't like I now kill them, like more with more efficiency or whatever. It's like yeah. the, the animation has changed. It shows that she's more competent. She's like growing, learning. So that's kind of cool. I a bit appreciate of, that. A bit of storytelling. Like it's a nice touch. It's all right. Uh, it's it was five pounds, so I picked it up, and it's okay. I will ah. forget everything about the game when I'm done with it because it's generic. Uh, Dark Side is two, basically the same. It's a cross between God of War, Diablo, and a little bit of Zelda, which sounds amazing, um, but in reality, it's very okay. It's just okay. Do you play as Death in that game, or one of the you four do. horsemen or something? Yeah. You play as Death trying to clear War's name, which is pretty cool. Because in Darksiders 1, War wipes out humanity, from what I understand. So, But, well, he's accused of doing it, because, yeah. I don't know, stories. Um yeah, he, he, you go around this fantasy world. It's Again, it's a very g- generic fantasy world. Um, kill a bunch of stuff. You pick up loot all the time, which kind of diminishes its importance. Like, there's so much loot flying about. I, have, I haven't really gotten attached to a weapon or a piece of armor. I can't really make a build for a kit. So I can't be like, oh, I want to have high crit chance or something because yeah. there's just so much coming at me and none of it's really that meaningful. I just end up giving up on it and as if you're half good at the combat semi-competent I'm, I'm on the level above normal and i'm doing okay i've died a few times to bosses but i'm doing okay you expect to die to bosses so yeah like it's i don't know i like it it's fine again i'll play it the, the setting's cool playing death is pretty cool like it sounds like it should be great on the surface of it describing you play death it's god of war meets diablo and zelda that any gamer should be frothing <laughs> frothing ready to play that but it's just it's just average, it's really average. And I've heard that the third one is the worst of the series. You play Strife, I think, and she has a whip, and that's like her thing because War had a massive sword, Death has his scythes, and then Strife has a whip. And, and but it sorry. sounds like they're trying at least. Yeah. Who's who's the Dev? Uh, top of my head, I don't remember. I actually don't remember. I don't know if that's a good or a bad sign. I'm more trying to say bad. Mm, uh, you remember the good devs, right? Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've been playing. Very, very generic third-person action games, for the most part. What are you buying? So that's what both of us have been playing. But Matt, what has been released? What indeed? 
I'm going to be talking about some games from late November, and we're now in Jan, so you know. They came out a little while ago, they're on the market, and I'm going to try and inform opinions as to what's good. And they're what, still relevant. It's still, yeah. it's not like it's... They're the big releases, well, the, yeah. the latest releases, so Come let's on. jump on into it. Hit us with it. Uh, the first one we're going to look at is Star Wars Jedi, colon, Fallen Order, from Respawn Entertainment, coming out the 15th of November, 2019. This is a third-person action game with a focus on lightsaber combat and exploration. Just after I got done speaking about generic third-person action games, we jump into... <laughs> uh, I don't want to say generic, but it is... I've heard it's good. I've heard it's better than people thought it was going to be. Definitely, yeah. The Star Wars franchise has kind of been written off by a lot of people, I think, after um, Battlefront, the latest Battlefront games from EA. Yeah, they fixed, they fixed it, but it was too late. Like, I played it a lot when it was quote unquote bad yeah um, and I actually think they've made it worse now personally but I don't know if that's because really they've made it different from the game that I got used to so but oh, okay. I, well, I digress that's a different conversation we, yeah. could, we could talk a long time on I really like that game by the way yeah. Hell, I was really good at it. God, you're but... throwing out the controversial opinions on this you're just fucking boof I it like wasn't Battlefront. better Man. than uh, the OG Battlefronts Oh no, no! No way! That would be ridiculous. I'd no. fucking check you into a mental asylum yeah. if you're talking to me about that. <laughs> you'd throttle me here and there. You'd be listening to a live choking. That would yeah, be, and then no it way. would be a, a completely solo podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a good game, but sorry. Continue. So, third-person action game, focus on lightsaber combat, borrows heavily from Dark Souls and Sekiro, to the point where every enemy in the game has a poise meter. I believe it's stamina in this game but much like Sekiro where you have posture that you have to break of your opponent before you can damage them you have to break their block and then you can damage opponents and that's how they get through the problem of having lightsaber combat in a game where you can just cut everyone and yep I was just going to say that I think that is the problem when you have like the cannon of a lightsaber that is a literal laser sword that can yeah. break through you know metal and pretty much any object how do you temper that that you don't have the most overpowered weapon in gaming well but, they, they like, um much like the first of the new star wars trilogy you know um tr8r the the uh the, the stormtrooper with oh the, yeah, with yeah, the yeah 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 those weapons they're like those like electrical weapons they i don't know the law of them or if they're explained somewhere that i'm not aware of but they seem to be able to deflect lightsabers because they're okay. charged so any enemy that will engage you in melee has these like charged batons so you like just bounce off yeah they block and, okay. and they have specific enemies that are jedi hunters that have these batons and they can they have like anti-lightsaber specific weapons yeah, yeah, yeah okay. they've developed these weapons fair for that's it. a good that's a, like a a genuine and canonical way to get around it so well and, done and if you were a military force that feared demigods walking around the universe you'd probably develop weaponry specific to killing them yeah right you you'd get something on 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 side um besides the combat which is sekiro like you also have bonfires or meditation points as there in this point that um give you all of your health items back respawn all enemies in the area exactly like dark souls um there's a focus on exploration lots of sliding wall running and uh jumping around swinging off stuff it's made by respawn interesting yeah they they love a bit of that don't they they, they like their parkour in, like inspired mechanics yeah yeah I, and it doesn't seem bad it's i don't know i just wouldn't put jedis and parkour together necessarily there are some 
Jedi that do in like the uh, like Clone Wars and Rebels stuff, and like the the other deeper lore stuff, but the mainstream Jedi's yeah, like you don't really see them. No, you see not, them do flips and that, but you don't really. It's not yeah, it's not that kind of level where they're just flipping around and jumping around everything, wall running and stuff. Yeah. Um, so you get your combat, you get your exploration elements, which are platforming based essentially, third person platforming, and there's light light metroidvania like gameplay so you'll get force powers throughout the game when you get a force power that will enable you to overcome certain boundaries or barriers that you face and if you travel back to other worlds or levels that you've been to using your ship you can go through things that you've encountered before and explore get more stuff and i I put the emphasis on light because much like soulsborne metroidvania is thrown around and i hate that too having Metroidvania has more of a claim than oh, God, Soulsborne, yeah. though, right? Yeah, but, you, but you, you, it, has, it has to mean it. Yeah. Right? You can't be like, oh, I did some backtracking. Oh, it's just like just like Metroidvania. Like, well, it's not. It's nothing like Castlevania I, or Super Metroid. I agree that, yeah, that term is thrown around when it you have even the slightest whiff of that kind of mechanic. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I backtracked a ton in Resident Evil 1. Is that Metroidvania? Absolutely not. It'd be ridiculous. True. Like, figure out what you're trying to talk about before you say silly stuff. PS4 has tech issues from what I've seen. Xbox 360, okay. Xbox One, sorry. No, Xbox 360. Ooh, I'm, I'm in the past. Uh, Xbox One and the PC are fine. Uh, you get some stuttering on the PS4. And there is absolutely zero EA shenanigans going on. There's Yay. no microtransactions. They've not given you any nonsense. They're not trying to buy scrap with real money in the store so you can upgrade your lightsaber. Everything's in-game, you play it, you have a great time. I'm surprised you can't buy like different skins for your little droid buddy. Yeah, or, or like uh, different lights with different lightsaber colors and stuff. You can earn them. You earn different lightsaber colors by finding different uh, Remember crystals. Remember when that was just the thing in games? Yeah, you when just, you just, oh, if I complete the game, I get a gold lightsaber. I, I get stuff, yeah, that's yeah. cool, isn't it? Uh, they have that. And for all accounts, the story is super Star Warsy. It's about discovering yourself as a Jedi, friendship, the power of the Force, uh, light versus dark, good versus You're evil. You're getting me moist right it's, now, Matt. It's just... I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I'm not blind to it because The Last Jedi was terrible. <laughs> but, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I know that's not the most recent one. Oh, okay. That was the last one. Last I've not Jedi. seen either of those. I've, I've, only, I've seen Rogue One and... Rogue One was amazing. But that wasn't a Star Wars one, was it, technically? That was a Star Wars I, story, right? Yeah, so... It's not... Yeah. Anyway. Tangents. Tangents. Uh, story is great. Uh, gameplay is a serviceable, Soulsborne-esque, Metroidvania-like, God, I'm hating myself right now, type gameplay that makes it easily legible for everyone listening. And I'll cut myself later for, for saying all <laughs> that. Don't worry about it. I'll cut them later. Um, yeah, I would say... Definite recommend, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. But it's like 50 quid right now. And for me, that's too expensive because I'm a cheapskate. So if you can get it on a decent sale or secondhand, pick it up. Otherwise, um, You've got to be certain that a game is good to... 50 quid. To put down 50 quid, yeah. That's a drop. That's a week's shop. That's a week's yeah. food shop for me. Let's put it in perspective, people. Like We're talking about this luxuries is... here, right? So if you want to support the podcast in any financial form whatsoever, so we don't have to yeah. <laughs> shop that way... <laughs> Feel yeah. free. Yeah, I always pick the cheapest luncheon meats because I can't afford anything else. I don't even eat sometimes, Matt. Yeah? Oh, yeah. we're one up in each other now. Yeah. I, I, I've got nothing. Um, sometimes I regurgitate old food yeah. and, uh, <laughs> I and give it to the poor. <laughs> for nourishment. Um, moving on swiftly from eating my sick. Shenmue 3 from WiseNet. I've never even heard of that developer. 
coming at us on the 19th of November 2019. Yu Suzuki's game, classic Shenmue game. We all know it. Everyone, everyone knows Shenmue. Or if you're a gamer, you definitely should know Shenmue. Invented the story-driven, or pioneered, I should say, rather than invented, the story-driven, uh, quick-time event-focused kind of gameplay that we see in games like Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human. Is Yakuza, is that series, is that in like anywhere like a spiritual successor to Shenmue? Is it like a sister series? Or it's is like it... a spin-off, yeah. I guess, kind of. like It's similar, but they actually make the combat good, which is a point I'm coming to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll get to that. Everything I've seen about this game is that it is for the fans, from fans. It was crowdfunded. Yu Suzuki crowdfunded okay. this game on Kickstarter, I believe. Uh, raised millions. Um, they made it. And it is strange <laughs> with a capital S. You, I reckon that's what he was going for. He it's a, it's a Shenmue game. It is exactly like the ones it, that came before it, one and two. It continues the story straight on, straight after you carry on. Um, there's a, even a little cutscene in the menus you can go to and you can watch. Previously back. on. Yeah, basically. See, see what's led up to that point. You hit the main story beats. It's exactly as it was before, including... All the crazy, like, mini-game life stuff that litters the world. Like, everything is interactable. You can you can do a ton of stuff, and most of it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, being able to put a coin into a vending machine, twist it, like, with con- control it, like, control the twist, and then a little ball falls out, you pick it up, pop it open, there's a tiny figurine in there, and you can never do anything with it ever again. You just have that, and doesn't mean anything. So you've got a really deep world you can explore for no real gameplay reason and like little jobs you can do you can chop wood which is a mini game to earn money so that you can pay for training at the kung fu school and i say kung fu school that makes it sound exciting don't get too excited by it because the combat is weak source yu suzuki made the virtual fighter series and it's based on that it's based on the virtual fighter series in 2020 it's 2020 now you're, you're scaring me now matt you're not saying things, but it's, if they have a a reputation, I guess that preceded it in the first two games, and people love that. It's the the catch twenty two of how much do you make it different before it's not a Shenmue game. I think you can always improve, and especially mechanically, when you have something as poor as a, a, a combat system that isn't fun or visceral or doesn't have much feedback. Yeah, that's like an obvious place for improvement. Out of interest, do you know when the crowdfunding to release happened? How like I don't know the development cycle. No, I don't. I don't know the dev time on it. Um. So yeah, I am going to move on from this because all I can say is if you like Shenmue, you already know about it, and you probably already have this. You probably backed it. There's nothing I can say that would make someone want to buy it. Yeah, I would not buy it because it's. It's it's a game for obsessive people who very much like the story of Shenmue. That's it. There's no there's no you're not going to jump in at the third in the series. Yeah. Um, fair fair comment. So moving on from that, this one's a bit interesting. I'm excited about talk about this one. Not to say that Shenmue isn't interesting, but Terminator Resistance coming at us from Taeon on the 10th of December 2019. Uh, this is a game set in the Terminator universe. We're in future LA after Judgment Day. 
and it's leading up to the events of Terminator 1, so we're pre-Kyle Reese traveling back in time. This one interested me when I started researching it, because I like the Terminator series. Uh, so seeing that they've, well, someone's made a game in the universe, filled me with hope. Then I looked at the developers and saw that their last game was Rambo, the movie game, and everything before that was a DS Match 3. So that gave me less hope. But for all intents and purposes, it seems like a perfectly serviceable Terminator game. And I could even say the best Terminator game that's been made, which is a dubious accolade, I think. Uh, I, it's a low bar, Yeah, is what I'm going to say. I couldn't really name another one off the top of my head. There's the arcade game and oh, yeah. Salvation that came out on the 7th I gen. Have, like, no memory of Terminator Salvation, the game. Didn't watch so it. I played it and neither do I. <laughs> so. so it's a first-person shooter. Uh, it seems to borrow from Fallout a bit. You get lock, a lockpick minigame where you, like, turn a thing and have a another little doodad that you twiddle in the lock and you have to get it to the right angle so that it'll open. It's basically one-for-one one Skyrim Bethesda. That's a lockpick. weird mechanic I wouldn't expect to see in a Terminator game. but has light RPG elements. Shocker. <laughs> um, there's a hacking minigame where you play Frogger. You literally play Frogger to, to hack stuff. Um, you, have a, you have skill trees that I mentioned and you also have parts you can get from robots to upgrade your laser guns and other weapons yeah too. you can just play the surge can't you I mean it depends I, I'm actually tempted by this game if it comes down in price it's 34 quid now that's way too much for it so yeah. it's, it's I would describe it as like a you have a triple A game you have a double A game I'd have a 1.5 A if this came out last gen it would be on Xbox Live Arcade you reckon yeah it would be like one of the big because Live Arcade got pretty like had some fairly lengthy titles on it. Ten, ten hour single player campaign. Yeah, you can get that from an Xbox yeah. Live game. Yeah. Well, the, the, the towards the tail end, it started off as just let's put in all the like Super Contra, Dig Dug, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, much smaller but, stuff. Yeah, there was actually then, I think, devs that actually made games specifically for that market. So. Okay. But again, I'm a distraction. You could, you could yeah, it could, it could be. It's of that kind of quality is what I was, what I was saying by the 1.5 A Comparison, it's, it's serviceable. You know, they're a company that hasn't made many big budget, big title games. And it shows. And it, it, it does show. When you pick up a game like COD or Titanfall, you've got a developer that knows shooting mechanics and they know how to make that, how to translate that visceral experience to the player. Maybe that's lost somewhat in Terminator Resistance. But I'm re- I just really want to play it. T-800s, gunning down T-800s with a... With a what is it? Like a rail gun. Le- like a... Is, it, is it a plasma rifle in a 40 watt range? Yeah. Is that I the think, quote? I think, yeah, you're right there. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they literally have that gun that he meant that Arnie mentions in the first film, like verbatim, word for mm. word, in the game. Um, the first submachine gun you get is an Uzi 9mm. They, they just litter it with references. There's references to the films. All they had a good time making it then. They are fans. Yeah. And uh, they actually handled the T-800s in an interesting way um, because it's, you know, supposed to be big bad robots designed to hunt and kill humans you start off with bullet weapons till about halfway through the game and the bullet weapons do nothing to the, the t-800s you can barely damage them and they'll just gun you down and kill you almost immediately it's only when you get laser weapons you can actually start confronting them even then they're still deadly but you can fight back kill them 
I've heard that towards the, the later to end game, if you're a good shot and you're wise with your upgrades, you pick a laser sniper rifle, dump a bunch of damage mods on it and just headshot them and they go down in one. So it kind of becomes a bit moot after a while. Mm. Um, although there, there were comments flying around about the, the player being overpowered in all situations. Any big battle, you always have NPCs with you and they're always taking flak, taking fire. So you can generally find your way around a fight without taking too much heat, which, you know, I would say wait for a sale and pick this up. This is going to plummet in price 100%. It's not going to hold its value, which is sad for the developers, but I'm definitely picking it up when it's like a tenner. It's worth a tenner. I might join you as well. I have seen some people on my friends list actually who've been playing it. I think, I think um, it'll be a laugh. I think it'll be one of those ones to whap in, have a friend over, have a few drinks and pass the controller around. It's that kind of Yeah, game. that kind of oh, oddly um, apps party title. Yeah, just you know all the references. Yeah. Like it's it's a not a dumb first person shooter, but generally all the shooting elements are just gunning everything down. The the AI are, the AI is quite poor in the game. They just walk towards you and shoot, or fly towards you and shoot. It's kind of it. There's no tactics. Like the Terminators literally will stand out in the open, just gunning at your cover until you mm. take them down. I guess you could say they're programmed to think they're invincible. So you know, yeah. let's defend them a little bit. Uh, that's all I've got for you on releases. Uh, that's that's my opinion. Bled. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, I'm very informed. Oh, good. Stars. So, that's what's coming out, or has come out, I should say. Sam, what is going on in the wider world of gaming? Educate me. I shall. I shall educate you with the first thing that actually kind of pertains personally to me a little bit. Uh, so my first nugget, nugget numero uno, is that Capcom are bringing in fans, Resident Evil fans, to test, quotes, an unannounced title, which no one quite knows what it means yet. Uh, it was, give me a second, mails to uh, the Resident Evil Ambassador program, which I signed up for kind of unintentionally okay. by signing up to like ResidentEvil.net for... I was doing something on Revelations, and oh, okay. it, you got some... That has like the raid mode in it, and you got like better drops or equipment or something like that. If you just sign up, you got like a pack. Okay. So I did that, and so I actually got sent the initial, uh, like, oh hey, we're doing this by the way, if you want to get in on it. But I just never did anything about it because it's life. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, someone's put up that they received an email. Um, that says the it was it was directly apparently from the producer. Which I'm not going to say that name because I'm going to butcher it. But it's the producer of the Resident Evil series. Um, and they want fans of the games to come in and test an, an unannounced game, which, do you know, what? I'm all for that. I think that's pretty cool. I think if companies or developers reached out to people that were like genuine fans or like, like Rockstar has its social club, yeah, if they did that on there and did like test betas for people or did like early access for people. I think that would go go a long way. So I think that's pretty cool. What that announced an unannounced title is, no one really knows. Uh, I guess it could be RE3, but. Well, that has been announced, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe another Revelations? Could be, yeah. I don't know how well Revelations were received. I didn't think the first one... Uh, I don't know. The, the raid mode got pretty tiresome. I could see the appeal in it, but I didn't think it was that great. I think Revelations 2 was better, and I think it was, like, episodic in release. So that you had... And you played with different people. So you in were, Revelations. like... Revelations 2. Revelations so you 2, were, like, okay. Barry, and then you were Claire and a girl... Okay. Had to work together. Ba Barry's still knocking about, is he? Yeah, I mean, he's he's an OG in uh, 
relations too. He's yeah. like one of the main or the main character. Nice. So. Might see Barry. I like Barry Burton. Yeah, you were a Jill sandwich. Uh, we love so yeah, Barry. and that's pretty cool. No idea what it could be because it could be. I was going to say another Evil Within, but they're not. Uh, is that a Capcom? Is that Capcom? But that there. is. Oh God, it's not Torchlight. Yeah, it's the director of. Oh, God. Oh, it's in Mikami. Resident Evil 4. Yeah, Shinji Mikami. Shinji Mikami. Yeah, yeah Shinji okay. Mikami. So, it's probably going to be a horror-based title, you know, if you're... Or maybe even, a, I guess, a new DMC. Anything in that realm of what Lost Capcom Planet. make. That made Lost Planet in a while. Could have been, yeah. I actually like Lost Planet. Lost Planet Lost Planet 1 is insanely hard. It was so difficult. Like, uh, a, a game where you're always dying, you need more energy to fill a meter, and if you get hit, it reduces that time. So every mission's on a timer, unless you can play really well. Yeah, it's so hard. Like, ex- like it's Japanese hard. It's like to give yeah, you a frame of reference. Hardcore hard. I tried it. Didn't get past mission one on extreme. Completed it normally. Yeah. The final boss, bo- boss battle is insane. It's like a huge Gundam wing fight, and you have no idea where the enemy is because <laughs> there's just so much going on. That sounds but, absolutely mental. And so I yeah. expect nothing else. I don't know. It's title coming from Resident Evil devs. Well, that may be. I doubt it'll be three. I'm really excited for three, actually. Yeah, two, yeah, two yeah. was awesome. That's, two was great. If you're going to make a, a remake of a game, do it like yep. RE have been doing. It's wonders they're, they're what a new it. camera angle can do. Yeah. You know, going from fixed to over the shoulder. It's, do you know what? They would have had to make that decision early on in the, in the development cycle, and that was completely the right decision. Whoever made that call deserves well a, I don't know, yeah. slice of cake, pat on the back, something. Something. Something to acknowledge. Well done, sir. Yeah, good job. But yeah, nugget number two. So... I'm going to read this wait, title. Wait, yeah, there you go. Matt's confused. Uh, this title verbatim, as it's written on Kotaku. Thanks, Kotaku, for all of the news you've given me to relate to the podcast. Uh, Puma has made gaming footwear for some reason. So Puma has decided to make gaming shoes that are, quotes, sock-like, comfortable, and lightweight, oh, and, and grippy. Actually says grippy. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're apparently... The perfect gaming footwear, whatever that would I mean. Don't, I don't know how these would feel. Like slippers? Slippers that look like football boots? Uh, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's for people that use um, uh, dance dance masks and stuff? Maybe. Do people still use dance masks? Uh, people, yeah, well, there's a big competitive community. I, yeah, I suppose, technically. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's weird. But it says it says it's for, for home use and arena. So they're like... Arena? So they're like... Aiming at pro gamers to be like, yeah, wear Puma gaming shoes. I could see it if they were like DVT socks or something to stop you getting like blood clots. That's the you only sat down for ten hours a day. But you think they'd be really chunky medical shoes, like yeah. You know? Well, you wouldn't get it from just like the shoe is is like it goes up to your ankle. Yeah, it's not like a boot or anything. It literally no. stops at the ankle bone. It's it's small. I think they're just gonna be very thin slipper-like shoes that don't look so like they look. I've seen. They look like a cross between a slipper and a running shoe, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get some Crocs, man. Just yeah, just go all out. Be go full nerd and yes. you know, get Crocs and live in your mum's basement. Uh, number three is this one made me laugh. Uh, the the weird movie Cats, possibly the weirdest movie of last year and of the decade of 2010 to 2020. It's just a strange decision, right? Like why? Why? Yeah, I know. I know. It. I know that even as a musical, Cats is like weird. Anyway, it's not like I don't know 
reading off musicals here miss saigon and like <laughs> guys and dolls it's not like a normal story it's like oh, it yeah. is weird people what, pretending what is the to story be... of miss saigon uh they they're flying a plane oh you actually know it <laughs> they're flying a plane and it goes over saigon and they're like, oh we miss saigon I've never seen Miss Saigon. You would sell that to me because yeah, I, I have know. absolutely no idea what the, what yeah. the story is. I think it's to do with like a, a woman becoming a geisha. Okay. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, Cats, the weirdest movie, definitely of last year and probably the decade, uh, is getting patched. So not only are video games getting, you know, updates and patches now for not being finished, Cats is following suit uh, in that. So there was some... Basically didn't have enough time to finish... So they sent out a kind of finished product. Mm. I didn't know if they knew it was broken or they thought they were just going to get away with it. They were like, we'll send it out and see if anyone notices. Uh, And so they were basically just unfinished CGI elements to the the movie. And there's a the most prominent scene is one that we're looking at right now where Judy Dench just has a normal hand. It's a bit of an oversight, isn't it, really? Yeah. So they the cinemas were sent new reels of the film that had the the update in it and i didn't think i'd see the day when you could patch a film but it's odd right it's it's just another odd thing to happen to this odd film yeah but yeah it's not it's not for me and it won't ever be for me it's like both pre during and post it's all just been strange because the casting is really weird as well like they've got the oddest selection of actors not to say any of them are bad if, if anything, something like most of them are a comp, like Judy Dench. She's a dame. Like James Corden, who doesn't have to do this kind of stuff now. Not trying to degrade the film, but he's like, he's made it in America now. Yeah. So yeah, he doesn't yeah. kind of need to. He he has his own talk show. Yeah. And then you've got like uh, I think it's Jennifer Hudson, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift. Yeah. Uh, Jason Derulo, like three very Ian big, McKellen. Yeah. Uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. What? Like, There's who, an ins- what is this cast? Yeah. How are they able to afford that many people? Because that's like all pretty much A-list celebrities. Yeah. So, but again, another digression. But cats is just weird. Those are my nuggets. Have you feel? Well, that's an appetizer to get into the real one, which is again moving on from things being broken okay. and not being finished. Uh, we've got WWE Y two. K20. That was really hard to read for some reason. It's not an easy... I, I, well, I mean, you heard how me, me practicing for that intro bit. That, that was difficult. That was a tough time. It was. In our friendship. That, that nearly broke it. In our friendship. <laughs> but yeah, as we ticked over to the new decade, to 2020, WWE hasn't had any, a great launch period anyway. It's been... I've been not, seeing the memes. ...not working for a significant portion of its, uh, of its life. Uh, but... It had a Y2K problem that when it ticked over to 2020, uh, online career mode just bugged out because I guess the in-game clock was like, what is going on? What? No. Yeah. So I guess they haven't put that in, but uh, a fan has made like a highlight, like a promo highlight reel about how bad the game is. And they've just like kind of cut together all the, the shortcomings oh of the game. I'm, I'm looking that up later. So uh, yeah, it's kind of like the guy did with... Um, uh, the Fallout seventy six when you register the website. I love when that. when people go to that effort to mock you, you you know you've you've pissed some people off. That was hilarious. That, mm. uh, but yeah, there was a, a fix that came out on the WWE subreddit. Uh, that was you have to reset your console clock by one day. So go back to well, obviously at the time it was the one day, 
Go back to 2019 and then reset your console, and apparently that fixes it. Why? I don't know, but... What an absolutely huge oversight. Because 2020 isn't even a weird date. I could, yeah, you, I could understand when it was uh, 99 to 2000 because it's, it's yeah. a new millennium. Yeah, that, so you can understand why clocks were like, oh, we didn't even think of this when we made this clock in like 1985. Yeah. but You're bringing out a game in 2019 and you're releasing it for Christmas 2019. What happens just after Christmas? 20 fucking 20. Maybe, yeah. Maybe think about it next time. But Jeez. the lesson being don't release unfinished games. 100%. Um, I think it's a, a point that all devs now basically need a constant team to either A, damage control, manage PR, or like yep. social media or that kind of uh, vein of their games or releases or whatever. Um, and or for their online services, you like you always need to have your finger on the pulse to be like, why has this not been done? Um, I need help or like just any kind of like cause a lot of devs like once they release the stuff, they're pretty much just like, well, this isn't ours anymore. Like, really? Yeah, I think for a lot of uh, cases, especially when it comes to things like um, uh, achievements breaking, that's a really bad one because it's like it's such a niche area, getting people to fix stuff related to that is almost impossible yeah and like petitions don't really mean anything when people are like oh well they, we've got a thousand and twenty five signatures so they've got to do something doesn't no they don't have to do anything no and they just won't you know yeah there's like an indie game uh that i got a while ago and there's just a, a an achievement that just doesn't work on it but it's just never gonna happen i don't even know if the guy's in business anymore uh, like it's that kind of what, level. what game is it uh too dark this was a it was a weird game I thought I recognised it for a second and I realised yeah. I was thinking of Hydrophobia. Oh, God, that game's even worse. I, <laughs> I hate that game. But anyway, so yeah. WWE doesn't work. Well, he's not anymore. Uh, next one we're going to move on to, The Witcher. The Witcher Netflix series, Ooh, which... I love I must series. confess, I've not finished it all. I'm about halfway through. That's good. But I have a main... Well, it's it's in me. It's not any fault of their own. I think the storytelling that in it is actually pretty good. It does a pretty good job of covering the books in a pretty doesn't fall foul to like the origin story. Okay. Floundering, you know. I think it gets through things pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, but my my main gripe is that if Henry Cavill's not on screen, I lose my interest drops by half immediately. Really? Yeah. That's he... that's what I'm there for to watch him fight and kick ass. He he does play a really good Witcher. I love the series. I watched it all. I thought it was great. That's I'd say that's my news. Well, the news really is that it's the uh, well, it's the most streamed show, and it's also the most in-demand show. And I don't quite know what that means. Like, do they just did Netflix go around and go? Do you demand The Witcher? I don't know how you. Maybe maybe people like it, or they put it on their wish list. You have a wish list on. Okay, wish yeah. Wish list on Netflix, right? Yeah, Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah, but the interesting thing is that it's beaten The Mandalorian. Oh, that was huge, wasn't it? The yeah, Mandalorian. So that is probably because if Mandalorian was on Netflix, I think Mandalorian would have beaten Witcher, personally. Yeah, why is it on Disney Plus? I mean, I, I know why it's on Disney Plus, but why is it on Disney Plus? Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 re- I really want to watch Mandalorian. I just, I'm just, not it, paying for it. I'm not doing no. it. it. It just it does look good, though. Mm. Like, Star Wars done right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, what what do we think of that? Go on, I'll let you I'll let you take a bit. What did, I, what did I think? So that was the news, but I'm leading into the point I have is just discuss. Okay. Um, 
I liked it. I thought it was, I thought the whole thing was good. I thought the way they told the story was interesting. I thought it was acted very well and cast very well. I like the the universe of The Witcher is built. It's very heavily built already in the books, so you you don't really have to do a lot in the series apart from represent it accurately for TV. You, know, you, don't, you don't have to do any world building. It's it's all there. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just fun to watch. And like you said, Henry Cavill nails it. As he's a Geralt. huge nerd as well, and I think that really helps. Yeah, apparently he's played all the games and read all the books. Yeah, he's a he's and a G. Yeah, he he like uh, I heard. I don't know how much this is just PR nonsense uh, but i heard that he pestered the showrunners and stuff to get the role he was like have, have they seen my audition tape do they know who i am can like not in that way but yeah like, as in can i get in this yeah. in on this which i think is, <laughs> you know i'm fucking superman <laughs> like, yeah, i'm superman and i'm the guy that reloads my biceps <laughs> yeah um, he's so cool man. he's a cool dude yeah he's a cool dude he seems like a normal guy as well yeah he's not from what i've seen interviews and stuff he seems absolutely lovely very, down, yeah, I, very I, down to earth i liked it i really liked it like I said, I also very much enjoyed it, but my interest dipped because that's that's what I'm there for, is to watch him cut people down. As very much as I am in an Arnie movie, I'm there to watch him shoot people and hold M60s with one hand. I think we all love that. So Again, of that, uh, another interesting one, a, a similar topic that I seem to cover a lot in, in my news, okay. but it's similar to the, the Blitzchung thing we covered before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although in a different vein, because it's someone that's, I guess, more mainstream exposed. But the Arsenal player, Mesut Ozil, who you won't know, Matt. But no, he's, he's, I, w- I wouldn't know him. No, he's a well-established player, very good player. Well, depending good. on depending on who you ask. Good for him. Uh, he has been removed from the latest Pro Evo. Wow. Uh, Pro Evo 2020, uh, after he made comments uh, about the mass imprisonment of, I'm not going to say the word, but a specific type of Muslim in China. So he spoke out about oppression in China, okay. and uh, in response to that, the 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 translation of the of the tweet from the company was like insane. It was like he has insulted, offended, and betrayed us. He will be removed from the game immediately. It was something I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along those lines. Jesus, so Christ. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. So I don't know. I assume that's happened because they said they were going to. This was a little while ago. This yeah. is probably a week ago now so I assume it's been done mm. but imagine imagine the patch notes for that update yeah removes Arsenal player Mesut Ozil for uh, terrible comments for, for outspoken on... political views yeah so jeez one I... of my points on this is what yeah I don't I don't, I... I, you kind of don't know what to make of it it's just another obscure situation that who, happens, who, but... who is it it's Pez who makes Pez NetEase a Chinese company yep so they like I was going to say, well, if it's, Pe- if some, Pez is Konami. If it's some so. big, you know, well, I don't know, man. It just seems like a weird thing to do. I know they want to save face, but like, so the, the actual developers are personally insulted by this it's, person complaining about mass imprisonment. It's an odd one because it's like, it must be a lot of effort to go in and have to remove him. Like, more effort than it seems worth. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But Even just opening it up again to development, you have to yeah. get a team in to do that. They have to pay people's wages it seems like for like a week. Cutting off the nose springs to mind. Yeah, I, but I don't know, man. It's, it's a, I, for me, it's an odd choice. And if I was a publisher in that situation, I understand it's it's thorny, but you fight, push back a little bit and say the, the, you know, the guy is allowed to have his opinions and yeah. he is a player. Like He's not been dropped from the team in life. No. So he is a player on the team. This, this hasn't, this like came out 
and like no one in the football world was talking about this. That's so weird. So it's like blown over immediately. He like said that I can't remember if he tweeted it or if he said it in like a press conference or whatever. Yeah. Also, he streams. He streams on Twitch. Oh really? Yeah, he's okay. a bit of a gamer. Well, yeah, that's odd. I don't know. I I understand why it happened, but I. I get all the events the, when you look at the people involved I'm like okay I understand why that action took place but that still doesn't make any sense yeah so but yeah that's my news bit of a short and sweet one this week but there there wasn't an insane amount happening but well, Christmas we got, yeah I was eating stuff and playing games slow time for everyone so that was the news and now we move on to our episodic question and Ooh. Matt what is our question Ooh, oof, this oof. week the question for everyone to uh, ruminate upon at home was, how do you design good collectibles? How do you design good collectibles? And conclusions were... Sam Matthews, speak right now. Matt's going to let me start because he hasn't written anything down. <laughs> I'm going to freewheel it. Yeah. Free- so to be fair, this is the way we always play it, in that yeah. I speak first and you respond to the things I say. Pretty much. So, uh, again, as an achievement hunter... This affects me more so and probably it's more of a bee in my bonnet with regards to most gamers because, you know, secondary collectibles for the most part don't really mean... I would say 90% of gamers don't even bother. Probably some probably even newer there. Like the average COD player that will go through and collect all oh, the intel, the intel <laughs> which what the hell is that? No, yeah, no one does that, man. Press X next to a laptop. No. You know. um, it's been brought to light, actually, by playing Red Dead. Oh, yeah? Because they have all the tropes and the, the mini stuff to, to fill up their open world. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have small incremental rewards for the things they do. So there's legendary animals in the game, just taking one example, okay. that you have to hunt. You can, And it's not just wander around until you find them randomly. There's a specific area that they'll spawn. Yeah, You do like a little hunting mini game where that you find things like if it's a bear you find a tree that it's like scratched up against okay and then you find um i don't know like a, a dead deer and then you kind of track it that way okay uh, when you've done and killed that you skin it you get parts it, so you get a pelt always yeah. and that's always a unique pelt so it's the legendary pelt uh and then you go and sell that to a guy who can make equipment for it so you do that thing, you immediately get a reward. You can do that and you can craft better clothing, bandoliers, which have more, like, you get more ammo for, like, repeaters and shotguns. And okay. you can craft maybe a holster, which does the same, but for pistols and handguns. Okay. Um, yeah, so you get incremental rewards for each step. Mm-hmm. I think that's much better than having... You can have a big payout. I think that's definitely... You need to have a purpose for them there. Like, the yeah. COD Intel's is a very bad example of how to do it. Just collect these. Why? Because we said so. It's exactly the same as the uh, Assassin's Creed feathers, right? Yeah. Just it's in it's, the environment and mean nothing. It's just like hollow elongation of your game. Yeah. That, if anything, punishes a certain demographic like me. That I, I'm, I have to now set aside two hours of the game where I do nothing but walk around looking for feathers. Yeah. It's, it's not fun. And, yeah. And because of my compulsions, I... I make myself do it but yeah. that doesn't make it fun but at least on Red Dead when I do it it's all places so there's achievement on pretty much every game like that for 100% completion yeah um, and they uh, record that for you you have like a compendium like a checklist that tells you everything you need to do to, to go off okay um, they should be in realistic locations I hate it when games have like 
collectibles that are in insane places that you would never ever think to look. But if you go in like a, I don't know, I think it's in, I want to say The Last of Us, you have the comic books. Okay. And like you go into like a kid's bedroom in, in one of the levels mm-hmm. and there's one on the side. And that makes sense because it's a comic book and it's in a child's bedroom. Yeah. So having, just having a bit more thought than just being like, okay, how can we create just a random little side room that no one will ever see that's completely off the beaten path? Like they're mm. deliberately trying to make it hard to find them. That's the point in them though, right? They're, they're trying to make you spend more time in the environment. Yeah, to a degree. Like, Not saying that's, uh, a, that's a good re- thing. Reward the people that want to snoop around a bit, but, you know, there's some... Like, the skulls in Halo, you almost have to get out of the map on some of them. Oh, yeah. You've taken me through that before, and I thought it was absolutely obscene, yeah. some of the shit you have or to like do. Or, like, the COD zombies Easter eggs. Uh, like, what yeah. is that? I don't know why anyone enjoys like, that. I, I feel like the, the more people found what to do, the more they were getting annoyed that people found it. So they were, like, making it just more and more insane and obtuse. Yeah. Yeah. But... Interestingly... A game I spoke about first off, Tomb Raider, has an example, both examples of good and bad collectibles. Um, but the bad being sometimes you go into a place and you can get a relic. So you open a box, you take you take it out and you get like a Resident Evil style zoom in um, and it gives you a bit of history, a bit of lore, and that's it. Like you just get an object that you won't interact with again. It's in a menu somewhere. And that you, you'll forget that. Like, there's no point in doing it. That annoys me. Like, wh- why? It why did it make more it difficult just... for me to get here? Like, yeah. I don't want to have to traverse something or have some kind of challenge to come here. And then there's to nothing. To get essentially nothing. It has yeah, to be it... more than just lore. You can have lore as a part of it. Yeah. As a as a nice little, you know, how do you do? But for it to just be, oh, now you know more about how Lara's journey became. Definitely yeah. not. It's not. Good Give enough. me a gun. Give me, yeah, or just give me an upgrade. Give me something. Give me something that actually affects the game. The example of the good, uh, they do have gun, they have weapon chests as well where you get parts of weapons for exploring. Okay. That's, that's an example of a good thing. You know, mm. It directly affects gameplay. You're uh, encouraged to go and search them out because you want this new gun. It might be better. You know, different, different styles of gameplay. My favorite is the challenge tombs. It alerts you as to when a tomb entrance is near. You go in, you have a challenge to your puzzle-solving, platforming uh, control of Lara, and at the end of it, you get a secret Himalayan knowledge, like techniques from Mongolian archers. So now you hold an extra arrow in your hand when you've got your bow out, and you can fire two rapidly. Cool. Or you learn a tracking technique, so now you can always see animals' footprints. No matter what goes on, they glow for you. That, I think, is a great way to do a collectible. You might not consider it a collectible at that point. It almost teeters over into a side quest, but they're all superfluous. You you can go through the game without doing any of the I would challenge tombs. That that satisfies my criteria. For, I think it's for a, collectible. a collectible, yeah. And it does tick off on a. There is a, a radial menu that says you have um, completed two of six challenge tombs. And, yeah, you know. Another one I think is really cool. That well, start off cool got worse because it would just got the in, an insane amount of them uh the batman arkham games batman arkham asylum had fantastic collectibles even though they meant nothing the riddler trophies oh the puzzles yeah they yeah, were yeah. really good the getting getting them was cool so are we talking about getting the collectible or the collectible either i think the getting is the important part because you can almost treat it like an extra layer of difficulty for the players that want to engage in it and not just have it be uh, a scavenger hunt like you mentioned mm. with the obtuse room with the comic book in it. 
you can have it be you, you're in, get invested in this game so let's test how well you know our environments how well you can execute jumping controls or shooting controls or can you survive this horde room or you know that actually make it something for the player and then if they get a, a tick in a box after it that's not so great i'd say i, th I think the riddler trophies the riddles are good the trophies are they're not great for me I, don't, I, don't, I think just having a trophy isn't good enough I think he should have something else there should be maybe it should be a skill point or I, I think know. in Arkham Knight I want to say that the trophies you have to get a certain amount of trophies to unlock the next Riddler room and doing those gives you experience which in turn allows you to level up skills okay. I think so it's a bit that's, that's it's better. a bit better that's better yeah worked in with the actual gameplay itself and I think you should have also tiny little addendum an in-game tracker. If you're going to put collectibles in your game, have an in-game tracker. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to have to. Have that, and it tells you, and not just be like, oh, you've collected 50 of Blair. Like, uh, okay, what what level do I need to go in? What Where am I missing this? Because if I've just got, a, if I've got to watch like a 50-minute YouTube video, and I've got the collectible that's missing in level 9 or level 47, but I have no way to check that. Yeah, it's it's kind of a blessing and a curse, really, to be able to see where you've messed up and see that you've left something back at level one and mm. you might not be able to get back there or but yeah, it's much better than to know that than to get to the end of the game and be like crap i missed one i missed one yeah. i have no idea where that is i agree with you there so yeah those are my feelings if game developers if you're going to make any collectibles in the games in-game trackers make them re semi-realistic you can hide them in in thoughtful places but thoughtful places i'd say yeah. thoughtful places uh and have incremental rewards with a big payoff and make them mechanically and systemically relevant, not just a tick box. Yes. In my opinion. Please. Yes. Done. So that is what we think about collectibles. But Matt, what are we asking ourselves and the audience next time? Oh, what indeed. We are asking, what does the future of gaming hold for the coming decade? We're looking forwards rather than backwards as we, we usually are. do. We're, we're going to be predictive as to how we think the gaming landscape will develop over the coming 10 years. To, to structure this a bit, I think we should pick one or two things that we think are going to be sort of the biggest players or the, the two biggest things that we think will change, whether that's industry, developers, how we game, peripherals, whatever. Okay. Pick two main things that we think are going to be big players in the next 10 years. Okay. I like that. Cool. My wheels are turning. So that's it for another episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us, as always. Yes, thank you for spending your time here with us. And keep an eye on YouTube for this very podcast, because our channel is up, Vox Ludio, on YouTube. That's V-O-X-L-U-D-I-O -O on YouTube. I'm happy. We don't have to keep saying keep an eye on yeah, well, I mean, we can keep an eye out for this, but it's, it's happening. We're doing it. We're going to put this one up. No, there's going to be no editing, because... I'm lazy, so... Well, yeah, it's it's testing the waters, I'd say. Just to get get it up there, it'd be another place you could listen to it. It'll give us, I guess, more detailed analytics for... A feedback system, right? You can yeah. interact directly with... Yeah, you can comment or like or saying. dislike, do whatever you want. If you hate it, tell us and we'll change everything or nothing because we're lazy again. But yeah, you can listen to this on uh, Spotify, which is, seems to be our main way of getting people. Yep. It'll be on Google and Apple Podcasts as well, so you can listen to it through there. Uh and yeah, like Matt said, this one's going to be on YouTube as well. So whatever form, if you want to listen to on all of them, 
go for yeah. it. That would be have a, them all a big playing help. simultaneously, like in tandem, so they're all synced up perfect. I, I reckon think that's the best way you could experience. I reckon this. get them like delay them by like thirty seconds oh. and then start and then. Yeah, you wanna know what's going on then. A good a good hour, you'd go mental. Yeah, from like different devices. Have one from like an Alexa, one from your phone, yeah. one from a PC, and one from a microwave. Yeah, you can do that on a microwave. Nah, 